11 Mile Sessions Live. Welcome. It's going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to have an interview in a few, couple of minutes with David Libert. He is the author of a book called Rock and Roll Warrior, and you're going to be amazed at all the things he's done over the years. But first, we're going to start out with a video of his from a band from the 60s called um, See You in September. It actually was adopted as an NFL song promo back in 2019, but it was originally released in, I think, 1966. Uh, it was in a band called The Happenings. But after that, we're going to do an interview with him, and I really enjoyed it, and you're going to find out all the amazing things he did over the years. So without further ado, let's start out with The Happenings, and see you in September. I'll be alone each and every night, while you're away, don't forget to write. This is 11 Mile Sessions Live, and I have David Libert with me. He has a book out called Rock and Roll Warrior. How you doing, David? Doing fine, Scott. Happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much for uh, taking your time out to talk with us. I really appreciate it. Good to be here. Uh, yeah. 
Wow. Um, I got to admit, I'm kind of tired right now. I was up late last night finishing up your book. Oh, what'd you think? Oh, it was wonderful. Um, it's it's hard to describe, but I really liked it a lot. It, it's kind of like um, Jack Kerouac or Hunter S. Thompson, but more civilized, if you will. <laughs> Not so psychotic. <laughs> well, you know, I, I wanted to write a... Uh... I didn't want to write a, you know, a salacious tell-all kind of uh, book. I wanted it to be more informative, I suppose, uh, to give people the feeling of what it was like to be backstage, uh, um, you know, on the other side of the mic, the business end, uh, mm -hmm. as well as being a fly on the wall with all these famous people and... and uh, uh, you know, um, and I wanted it to be witty. I wanted it to be an easy read and I wanted it to have a certain flow. So mm -hmm. I think I accomplished that. Yeah, I think you did. You know, it was one of those things where I read it and it's like, okay, he's not going overboard. So you actually believe what he's talking about, you know? Um, <laughs> but, um, you've had a very... <laughs> enjoyable career overall ups and downs of course and uh, yep. you had some negative things happen to you of course over the years but still you know you came out on top for the most part either by pure dumb luck or by the grace of god i'm, <laughs> I'm somebody I'm up there likes standing you. here on my feet talking to you scott yeah so wow where do we start um why don't we start? I know you did music before that, but the beginning really is when you wanted to be a performer and you were in the happenings. Yeah. Uh, the happenings was a, uh, a harmonizing vocal group from the 60s, and uh, its genesis was me and a few friends of mine um, sort of hanging out on the in the parking lot of this restaurant we frequented and we used to listen to a lot of doo-wop music, the Paragons, the Jesters, the Diablos, mm -hmm. the Flamingos. And uh, so we sort of wanted to emulate them. And it wasn't that we were looking for a career in, in the music business. We kind of hung out in the parking lot and harmonized because it, it seemed like a great way to meet girls. <laughs> um, that was the original really... uh, intent. <laughs> but uh, we started to get pretty good at it and we started to realize that, uh, hey, you know what? Uh, we sing as well, if not better than practically everybody we hear on the radio. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should take a more serious look at this. Right. And uh, so so we did. And I started hitting the uh, the streets of Tin Pan Alley. We we lived in Patterson, New Jersey, just a, really a stone's throw from New York City. And uh, mm -hmm. Tin Pan Alley is an area in New York City in Manhattan uh, where there's several buildings uh, that house music companies, uh, music publishing companies, record companies, production companies, booking agencies, management companies. And mm -hmm. if I walked into a uh, um, a, a music publishing company, I told them I was a songwriter. If it was a management company, I was in a band. <laughs> if it was a, a you know, production company, I was in a singing group. Mm -hmm. 
And then one day we walked into the offices of Bright Tunes Production, a company owned by the Tokens, another singing group of that uh, era. And they had a couple of huge hits. Uh, the Lion Sleeps the Night. Oh, yeah. Tonight I Fell in Love. Mm-hmm. And they also produced other groups, the Chiffons, Randy and the Rainbows. And they took an interest in me and uh, my writing partner, Bobby Miranda, and uh, uh, offered us a job for $25 a week each uh, uh, and gave us an office with a little piano in it. And we started writing songs for them. And uh, that was sort of the uh, the genesis, the beginning of uh, my musical career. Mm-hmm. So, of course, um, your biggest hit, I guess, would be See You in September. Yes, by far. Uh, it um, it put us on the map, and uh, we uh, we started um, uh, traveling everywhere and uh, performing everywhere. Uh, and it was um, it was pretty amazing because uh, you know I'm not sure it's luck or being at the right place at the right time, simply making decisions which in retrospect turned out to be good ones but uh, yeah we were on the map we were uh, we were we were in the game <laughs> yeah but that didn't end up turning out to you know anything really huge for you well we did well we did have several big hit records uh but i started to have creative differences with the rest of the guys in the group and mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things that uh I wanted to apply more the thing that we did best, which was our harmonizing to more uh, contemporary themes and structures, sort of like what Crosby, Stills and Nash were doing at that time. Mm -hmm. And they really didn't want to do that. Hmm. Fortunately, besides being in the band, I was also the manager. And I started to realize, you know what, I can get involved with other bands, manage other bands, represent them. I was pretty sure, Scott, that it couldn't be a happening forever. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, what made me decide to uh, to leave the band and move on to, uh, uh, to uh, the uh, uh, some endeavors within the uh, the business end of the music business, rather mm-hmm. than be a, a musician. Right, and then some people came into your life. People like Johnny Podell, Shep Gordon. And then you got that call to be tour manager for Black Eyes, Alice Cooper. Yeah, I got a call from Johnny Podell, Alice Cooper's uh, booking agent. And he said, the band is looking for a tour manager. Would you be interested? I was interested. I got hired. And uh, I remember that the the very first gig was in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I... uh, (laughs) Uh, I, uh, my first impression was just a bunch of why, 30 or 40 insane looking, uh, people crawling all over the, uh, gear and equipment, like giant insects. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had no idea what my job was. And, uh, I thought I had made the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> Jeff Gordon said to me, you know what, just observe what's going on. You'll get the hang of it. Everything will be good. Um, and he was right. After a few days, I, uh, I did start to get the hang of it and, uh, 
things started to fall into place. And uh, if you read my book, you know that that job turned out to be the job of a lifetime. Oh, I can imagine. It was a lot of work, but it was probably a lot of fun at the same time, huh? It was. Uh, that's exactly true. It was. Uh, it was an all-consuming uh, job. That's for sure. From the from the moment I got up to the moment I went to sleep, and uh, um, it was. Um, uh, but it was. It was a lot of fun. It, in a lot of ways, it was a great big party, and uh, you know, we would lease our own commercial airliner to tour in, and we were flying around in our own great big plane. Uh, while the band was selling out uh, stadiums and arenas all over the world, it was mm -hmm. uh, it was yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of work, and uh, um, you know, I, and I learned every pretty much everything I learned about the business. I learned from under the tutelage of uh, Shep Gordon, Alice Cooper's manager, and of course Johnny Padell, mm -hmm. maybe the greatest booking agent that ever lived, and uh, mm -hmm. I learned so much. Uh, from those two guys that I was able to have a successful career um, after I left Alice Cooper, which I tried to do after every tour. I, I wanted to quit. Shep would bribe me to stay <laughs> with more and more salary increases and bonuses. Mm -hmm. And uh, But after, after four years of this, uh, uh, there, there simply wasn't enough money uh, with which he could bribe me to stay. I was mm -hmm. simply burned out. I wanted to move on. I wanted to apply all this acquired knowledge and experience that, uh, uh, and and apply it to other things within the music industry outside of Alice Cooper. And that's mm -hmm. what happened. So give us a little tidbit. Uh, what was it like hanging out with him? With Alice Cooper? Yeah. Um, I love the guy. He's, he's just a great guy. He's a lot of fun to hang out with. Uh, he's got a great sense of humor. He's a, a pretty charming guy. He never took himself seriously. Mm -hmm. He took what he did seriously. I mean, that's how he made his living and that's how he was able to pay everybody else on his payroll. But right. uh, he just wanted to be one of the guys. He, um, he had no airs about himself. He really mm -hmm. wasn't a prima donna. He could, yeah. he could enjoy the company of a roadie as much as he would hanging out with Mick Jagger. Yeah. He, he just really wanted to be one of the guys, and he was. He was a pleasure to be around. I remember the first time I saw him after hearing his music, he was on uh, with the Muppets, and I thought, Alice Cooper with the Muppets? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, he really is a regular guy. But he definitely has yeah, ties with is. Detroit. He, he, I'm sorry? I said he definitely has ties with Detroit. Yes, he does. Uh, I, I, you know, although he's really from Phoenix, he spent a lot of time in Detroit. That's really where he got his start. And uh, um, it was always, uh, it was always great. Every time he came to uh, Detroit to uh, perform, be it Cobo Hall or... Uh, what is it, Olympic Arena, Olympia? I forget what Olympia they, Stadium, yes. Olympia Stadium. Uh, it was always, uh, we would stay for three or four days and usually did two or three shows at a time. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it was always great to be in Detroit with Alice Cooper. That's for damn sure. 
Yeah, I remember there's a lot of stories about uh, Rosalie, the DJ for CKLW. It was an AM station in Canada, but you could get it in Detroit. She was the yeah, one that yeah. uh, really started spinning his songs at the beginning. Yes. Now, that's a little bit before my time, Scott. But yes, that's the uh, uh, that's that's what happened. The C CKLW actually was the one that broke out of Scooper. Hmm. I was very lucky to see him a couple times. I know in 81, it was the From the Inside tour. Um, he had that Xenox camera or whatever it was, so he could jump in and out of the screen. Yes, uh, that was the um, that was a Welcome to My Nightmare tour, I think. Mm -hmm. And yes, the Xenon projector and the magic screen, that was, a, that was just a great effect. And uh, it was done with precision. Uh, an Alice Cooper show was really an event, mm -hmm. but I remind people with all of the fantastic props and things that went on stage, when you put on an Alice Cooper album, there were no props, no special effects, and the music held up astonishingly well on its own without any of that. So put oh, yeah. all of it together, and uh, mm -hmm. that's probably the key to his success. There was just so much good going on that... Uh, it was pretty hard for it to miss. Yeah, I actually had the 45s back in the day when I was a kid. Uh, school's out, I'm 18, no more Mr. Nice Guy, all those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So after that, you um, moved on and you worked with George Clinton, Funkadelic Parliament. I did, and that's probably why I don't have any hair on my head. <laughs> I... Uh... And that was an adventure, but it was a great adventure. I uh, I became George's booking agent, and then later on, I became his manager, and managed uh, and booked Parliament Funkadelic and Boosie's Rubber Band and the Brides of Funkenstein and Parlet, the entire funk mob. It was uh, it was great. I took a lot of pride in it because. Uh, uh, if you've ever been to a, a Parliament Funkadelic concert, it's like mm -hmm. nothing else. It's, mm -hmm. uh, what did George say? Ain't no party like a P-Funk party, and a P-Funk party don't stop. Well, it didn't. <laughs> and uh, uh, if you were privy to be at one of those concerts, uh, the uh, the reaction to the audience of, uh, of, Par of Parliament Funkadelic was really uh, something to behold. And... Uh, you know, and also wondering if uh, if the building was going to shake shake <laughs> apart and fall to pieces. But uh, I it was great. It was, yeah, I did get to see him a couple of times, but I never saw the actual mothership, the one where he actually they would come out of it. That was back in the mid seventies. Yeah, um, uh, we had this giant. Um, spaceship it would land on stage there'd be a puff of smoke and George would come out of it and dress from head to toe in this white fur with a white fur cane and uh, I mean it was the uh, the the optic was it was the ultimate pimp coming out of the ultimate pimp mobile <laughs> and he would walk down and stairs you know and go into tear the roof off the sucker Hmm. Mothership connection, yeah, that was uh, that was great, and I think one of the things I was able to bring to the party was because I had all this 
experience with the Alice Cooper production, which um, under, uh, you know, Shep's watch, who demanded absolute perfection, mm -hmm. uh, the Alice Cooper organization ran like a very smooth running, well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. uh, George Clinton wasn't anything like that. And I was able to bring a lot of what I had learned working with uh, mm -hmm. Alice Cooper and being in charge of the production and logistics and everything to make George's uh, production a hell of a lot smoother mm -hmm. because I had that experience to be able to do that. So they liked me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to be a very talented person to work with them, especially at the beginning, huh? With George Clinton? Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, dealing with him and all that, you know, there's a lot of stories. Well, yeah, as easy as Alice Cooper was to deal with, George was difficult to deal with. Uh, uh, he wasn't, you know, George is a very, very bright very street slick, very street knowledgeable type of guy. Mm -hmm. And he applied all of that to how he did business. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that was, that was quite an adventure. For instance, you know, if I, I don't think I threw anybody under the bus in the book, that wasn't my intent, mm -hmm. but if I could be accused of, of throwing anybody under the bus at all, I suppose it would have to be George because some of the things I talked about, I simply couldn't avoid. Uh, for instance, um, he, uh, one of the things that was out of control with George was his drug usage. He had all these, his drug connections constantly after him. They wanted to get paid. Hmm. Finally got to a point where they, it was pretty much pay up George or else. <laughs> so what did he do? Uh, street slick George. He had all his drug connections signed session sheets like as if they were uh, musicians that he hired to perform in the recording sessions mm -hmm. he had him sign these session sheets and he sent all those sheets to the accountant of the uh, the accounting department of the record company mm -hmm. and that's how he paid off his drug debts <laughs> i don't know if you've ever heard of the band ministry um it's headed by a guy named al jorgensen yeah yeah yeah, he he was kind of like that. He said um, he actually had a deal where uh, the money went directly to his drug um, dealers for years. <laughs> <laughs> he figured, you know, why waste time? You know, just cut the middle person and just send the money directly right. to his dealers. But um, you know, the, in spite of all that, uh, you know, and sure, the music was uh, really fantastic. He awesome. Uh, he knew exactly what his what to serve his fan base musically, mm -hmm. and uh, he had the talent and the and the vision to do that. That's why he was so successful. Yeah. Well, it's amazing what you've been through and what you've done working with Alice Cooper, George Clinton. Uh, the list goes on: Bootsy Collins, Sheila E., uh, The Runaways. You had to deal yeah. with Kim Fowley. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was uh, an adventure in itself, I suppose. But um, say what you will about Kim Fowley. I mean, he might have been the most offensive human being I ever met. I mean, he said things that uh, he simply had no filter of any kind. He just 
Yeah, he just said what he wanted to say, I suppose. But uh, mm-hmm. I was kind of fond of him. I found him very entertaining, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, uh, he was pretty good at what he did. You know, um, now the Runaways may uh, argue that point, and other people as well. I thought he, I thought uh, uh, within that crass exterior of his was a pretty decent guy. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of people that wouldn't agree with me, and maybe they're right, but uh, um, I kind of liked him in a way. I, I found him amusing. Mm-hmm. He actually performed at a, f- a festival, like um, just a few years before he passed, something called the Metro Times Blowout here in Detroit. And um, he was with his wife, and she was like a third his age. And Kara. Yeah. And he was very, uh, like you said, he was very, like, arrogant, obnoxious, but everybody loved him. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a character. He, he, was a, he was a unique soul, that, that's for sure. He, uh, there was no one quite like him, Fowley. Yeah. But I got to admit, it's a very interesting book. You yourself, though, your personal life, you went through a lot. You ended up being a dealer for a while, <laughs> a couple I did. times. Uh, yeah, there was a listen. My ex- exciting life has uh, been a roller coaster ride in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. A lot of wonderful ups and some pretty awful downs, I guess. And uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, there was a period in my life where I, I needed the money. And uh, um, so I became a a cocaine dealer. And I did that for a while, ended up getting caught, ended up going to prison. And then when I got out, I somehow or other uh, was able to scratch my way up uh, the uh, success ladder again, and uh, somehow or other got it all back, and uh, and lived to talk about it. That's why I'm talking to you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, you got to admit you're very lucky. Um, you you tried to do yourself in many times over the years, and you're still here. And uh, yeah, I, I I am, and I'm uh, I'm living a good life, and I'm very happy. I. Uh, that's the amazing thing about it all. Somehow or other, it all worked out. And, uh, you know, I, believe me, I get up every morning and realize how blessed mm-hmm. I am, the life that I've lived, the things that I've done, how I ended up being, hey, I'm going to be 80 in, uh, in a few weeks and uh, oh, in wow. relatively decent health. And uh, uh, I've been in a relationship with the same girl for 25 years. And, uh we're enjoying life and we live with our three rescue dogs and uh, i heard about that yeah yeah i'm sort of an animal rights activist so that takes up an awful lot of my time as well Uh, just a little tidbit for you i i put on shows and festivals here in detroit and i've got a um, big festival happening in march here in corktown and the benefit is for four paws one heart and ah. it's, it's an organization that places cats and dogs, you know, with, you know, people and provides medical treatment. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, we actually raised $11,000 last year with the festival I put on, and we're doing it again. 
So. Terrific. Sure. Well, good for you. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. But as I was reading your book, I think, oh, my God, all the connections, you know, the fact about the dogs, uh, the fact that you were connected to so many people that are connected to Detroit, because Clinton did all his recording in United Sound Studios, which is United Sound. And I I actually talk about that in the book, because what he did was Mm -hmm. being the street slick guy that he is. Um, for every recording that he did at United Sound, you know, he wouldn't decide when he did the basic track. It wasn't until after that was recorded would he decide which band it was for. Parliament, Funkadelic, uh, Bootsy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Brides, uh, Funkenstein, Parlette, Bernie Worrell. But he sent the bill to all of the various record companies <laughs> that he had deals with to produce these bands. Um, and uh, he, uh, so he had this little thing going with United at the time. And, you know, so he got paid for everything he recorded. He got paid for like by 15 different record companies. <laughs> and uh, I suppose he gave a little taste to United to send the invoices to all of them. And, so, yeah, sort of the way he did business, Scott. He always had this angle, you know. <laughs> he was very street smart, like you said. Yeah, yeah. So the name of your book is Rock and Roll Warrior, and it's available everywhere, right? It is. You can buy it on Amazon uh, or anywhere where you might buy books. And if you want an autographed copy from me, you can go to rockandrollwarrior.com. Mm-hmm. I have a deal with the publisher. Uh, if you buy the, the book through uh, rockandrollwarrior.com, I will personally autograph the book for you and get it sent out uh, right away. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you so much for taking your time out this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Um, I really My pleasure, Scott. It's been fun. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the book. Um, I related to it on many levels, not only the Detroit connections, but anybody that went to concerts in the 70s, anybody that's fans of Cooper or Clinton or Prince or, you know, all these list of bands. It's amazing. And the fact that you were persistent in life and you've still come out on top, you know, so to speak, um, after all those years, it's amazing. Yeah. Believe me, I count my blessings every day, Scott. (laughs) Uh, I would, too. I would say somebody up there likes you. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, once again, David Libert, um, author of Rock and Roll Warrior. I thank you so much. And um, happy holidays. And I hope to maybe talk to you again in the future. I would look forward to that, uh, Scott. It would be my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Take care, David. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Maggot Brain. And before that, Alice Cooper Live with Go to Hell. Both of those bands managed by the gentleman that we just had the interview with, David Libert, and his new book, Rock and Roll Warrior. We're going to do one more song. We're not going to be able to finish the whole thing, but it's going to fade into the... You guessed it, live band performance from Angel of Mars. Get ready for some doom stoner rock. So it's going to get loud and heavy from 7 to 8 o'clock. But we're going to finish off with a video from Bootsy Collins, also of the George Clinton uh, Army, if you will, Funkadelic and all that stuff. This is I'd Rather Be You plus a bass solo. We'll see what we can squeeze in. And when I come back at 7 o'clock, we're going to be with Angel Angel of Mars. So without further ado, Bootsy. Yeah. 
gonna make it this time.
Gospel. Ich höre, bis keines geht. Sweet, enough to
right, it's that time. We have Angel of Mars, and they are going to blow your face off before the hour is over with. Let's do it, folks. All right.
Ladies and gentlemen, Angel of Mars. <laughs> All right. How you doing, folks? Oh, good, good, good. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for coming having down. Us. Thanks for having us, you guys. Yeah, thanks, Scott. All right. If you don't mind, go around the room and introduce yourselves. Let's start with you. Uh, mostly from Michigan my whole life. My name's Andy Gould. Um, I play lead guitar in Angel of Mars. Happily married to Terry Ann. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have to say that on TV, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it looks good on paper, right? Looks good. Tastes like chicken. Looks good on paper. (laughs) Not you. I don't know. See, now that's gonna follow. I had to go first. Somebody, I know. (laughs) Now, now you got to top that intro. How about that? There you go. (laughs) You got it, Andy. Nobody's gonna do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm Terry Ann Gold. I'm Andy's wife. And uh, yeah, so I I I had this idea to start this band in C Standard, and these wonderful people have joined me, including Angie and Rich, with my husband and I. Mm-hmm. And so this was a dream of mine about ten years ago, trying to get this band called Angel of Mars mm-hmm. together. So Where, yeah, where'd the name come from? Oh, that's a good one. So there's a favorite band of mine named Truly out of Seattle mm-hmm. and uh, they have a great song called Strangling and mm-hmm. I just always whenever I heard that one little it's like a pre-chorus and when he said there you are angel of Mars I'm like okay there you are <laughs> angel of Mars okay. so yeah I just I thought that would be a cool band name and he does know about it Mr. Rob Roth yeah yes he does <laughs> true story yep so that's fun yeah, so that's that's yeah the idea of where it came from. But I lived out in Eugene, Oregon for a little bit, and mm-hmm. Doom is pretty big there. Is it? <laughs> yeah, because Yob. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't think of Doom when I think of Eugene, Oregon. I like, know okay. you don't. Yeah. But Yob, okay. That's yeah, but Yob's from Eugene, so yeah. And okay. I don't know. There's more to it than that. Lots of cool bands out there, actually. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. And then I moved back home to take care of mom, and I'm so glad I did. Met Andy, got married, and mm-hmm. now look, we got Angel and Mars. All right. How'd they get you in here, Rich? Uh, well, it was uh, Terry, actually, my 50th birthday party. Uh, these two were. were Your at. 50th birthday party? Yeah. yeah. You do not look. Yeah. Actually, what, I think wow. I just turned 53. Is that right? Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So. so, you get that mirror in the attic, don't you? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> what? So you can shave. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, Terry Ann mentioned this project, and uh, yeah, I'm just going to shine that on. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, oh, she mentioned. You know what? I have to think about it. Uh, it's that story about that guy that was uh, had eternal youth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, That'd be rich. What's his name? <laughs> right. But he had a, a like yeah. a mirror in, in, in the attic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, want to no, no, now. exactly. Yeah, now I do. Uh, Dorian Gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dorian, Dorian Gray. Gray. Dorian Gray. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. No, that's yeah. not me. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, I attribute a vegan a vegan lifestyle. That that's 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 the trick right there. Oh, it can't be that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody talks about. Oh, it's because yeah. I'm a vegan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to do it right. That's all. I'm just. So, yeah, you got to know what you're doing. But yeah, but anyway, Terry Ann uh, mentioned it, and I said you need a bass player. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. And I said, all right, let me know. We'll put something together. 
Uh, I play bass in a, a band called Rabbit Ears, which is kind of more of a garagey, surfy sort of instrumental band. I think I've heard of that. So, um, Rabbit Ears, okay. But uh, which we're still playing, but yeah. and this this spread it up and it's taken off kind of nicely. So okay, cool. Cause doom. Cause doom. <laughs> Cause doom. And how did they get you, Angie? Well, I'm the oldie in the band. Um, no. <laughs> I no, play you're with not. N- numerous uh, bands around Detroit and. One after another. I played with Broadzilla. I played with uh, Rapunzel and uh, who else? I can't even name them all. <laughs> but word got around, and uh, one band became another, and be- and this person leaves, and another one comes back, and it slowly became the Angel of Mars. <laughs> cool. I'm it glad that COVID happened. didn't stop us. Nope. No. No. It slowed us down a little. Yeah, it did. But uh, uh, here we are. <laughs> Even the pandemic, you can still do doom. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. the pandemic is doom. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Because doom. It actually really helped. A lot of songs happened during that time, for sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's do another one, then. All right. Solstice. <laughs> Which was yesterday. Indeed. All right. Oh yeah, I forgot. Usually with this song, we're like, we have a we have a song we're doing feedback with, and then I just come in with it. So okay. To the king of the sun.
right. Happy solstice. <laughs> Happy solstice. <laughs> Winter solstice. All right. Well, I'm really enjoying this. Let's just keep it going. All right.
<laughs> All right. What's the name of that one? That one's called Siren and Scorpio. Okay. But now it would be called Siren and Capricorn. <laughs> I, I think it should be Siren and Scorpio. Siren and Scorpio. <laughs> yeah. That's my opinion. <laughs> so these songs, are they available to uh, listeners? Yeah, well. Um, Most of them? Or? Yeah, Siren and Scorpio. The first three, yeah. Um, we're going to be putting out the next one pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the rest of them, except for, yeah, except for maybe three more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a full record coming out sometime later this year and a single probably what, sometime in January. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so. Okay. Is it going to be available physically or just digitally or? Um, you know, physically, hopefully. Uh, Vi- digitally, vinyl's definitely. tricky right now. Yeah. Yeah. We streamed across yeah, the board. It takes though, a minute. Any, any yeah. 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 We've it's all everything's on Bandcamp currently, so. Bandcamp and everywhere cool. and yep. everywhere. I mean, yep. you name it, it's all over the place. YouTube, yep. Spotify, all that. Yeah. yeah. You can find it everywhere. Apple. Okay. Yeah. That's the one thing that I think is really cool is Bandcamp, though. Yeah, me too. Because you actually get some money out of it. Yeah, Bandcamp Friday. Especially on that Friday, like, you know, at the beginning of the month. Yeah. You know, you actually make something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. They're not greedy like all the other bastards out there. Yes. Spotify. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God for Bandcamp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It really isn't worth it uh, to a certain extent to do physical anymore, is it? Yeah. Well, you know, I, it is. I mean, just cause. Well, know? I mean, you can yeah. you could sell them at shows. You can hand them out and that yeah. kind of thing. But as far as like selling them in general, though, I mean, you know, if you have a new laptop, you can't do a CD. Right. If you have a new car, you can't do a CD. That's true. Right. You yeah. know, to do vinyl, it. You, you have know. to be a collector. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could. You can do an album, you know, vinyl, but it takes forever for it to come out. Indeed, that's why. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's be a minute. It's yeah. crazy. You yeah. Know? So. For it, sure. It's all like digital now. So. I started doing this with having a record come out at some point in mind when I did, you know, started. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. yeah. It, it'll happen. It'll just take a while. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. That's cool. <laughs> Do you have any kind of title in mind or anything like that? Or um, well, you remember when I told you it was an idea. I'm not sure if we're going to go for it, but when I told you about the band Truly, where the song goes, There You Are, Angel of Mars, we right. wanted our first album to be called There You Are. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds cool. Thinking about it. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. You know? I don't know. It could be. It could be. Um, Santa's an alien. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like, he's not an alien. Yeah. Well, that's that's right. for our Christmas record. Yeah, Christmas record. Yeah, do out twenty twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do another one. All right, this one's coming out soon, January. Moonwater. All right.
right. Love Mile Sessions Live. We have the band Angel of Mars with us. All right. <laughs> Little Birdie told me you guys have a show coming up in March, but besides that, do you have anything else coming up? Ooh, in March. We've got... Uh, yes, we do. Uh, you, yeah. So we're, yeah playing, <laughs> we're playing for you, Scott Boatwright. <laughs> oh, you weren't supposed to tell anybody. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we do have a show in January 7th. Yep. Uh, Bolero. Yeah, Bolero. Yeah. Playing, yeah. playing with the infamous, incredible Strains. Right here in Royal Oak. Yeah. Oh, Strains are great. The Strains, yeah. Rock Paul Smith is my buddy. He's the best. Oh, Isn't yeah. he awesome? They just got done with that European yep. tour, yeah. Yeah. So you guys are going to play for me in March. Thank you again. That's yeah. the Corktown Music Fest. It's going to benefit Four Paws, One Heart. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, they place cats and dogs with homes. They provide medical treatment, all that good stuff. They're a local, independent, you know, nonprofit and all that great stuff. That's awesome. And we look to make as much money as possible for them. And it's going to be a great time. Yeah. And if, remember, you're going to play Brooklyn, uh, 2000 Brooklyn, yep. Yep. which is a brand new venue. Cool. You guys are going to love it. Aww. Yeah. Yay. We'll try not to break it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I want you to break it. That's the goal. <laughs> right, yeah. We'll crumble it a little. Because uh, doom. I'm trying to remember. Um, <laughs> I don't have the list in front of me. Do you remember which night you're playing? Uh, we are playing Saturday. Saturday. Uh, and then it's early in the evening, right? 830. Yeah, 830. 830. Okay. Yep. So lots of great bands going to play. It's going to be two stages. Yeah. Uh, six bands each. And then wow. in front of that, Lager House, same thing. And it's going to be at Nancy Whiskey, Gaelic League, Batch Brewery. I mean, Dang. Cr cool. Corktown is going to be filled with people listening nice. to music. Right. Yeah. All for a great cause. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have a great gonna, time. Going to pop Corktown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Wow. Yeah, I like that. I, okay. I have to remember Co that. Copyright Rich, Rich Hartwick. Rich, Rich. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Dude. Right. You can talk later. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Rich. We got a showdown. Yeah, but that show in Bolero is going to be good. That's yeah. right here in Royal Oak, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been there. It's a great place. Yeah. It's yeah. like a retro bowling alley slash lounge. And, I love it. And have you played there before? Yeah. Or? Oh, yeah. Awesome. We love Bolero. Okay. Yeah. Actually, that was our first gig. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. It was our very yeah. first. Yeah, Eugene, who sets story. all the gigs Eugene. up there, is fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Him and I are yeah. good friends. We run the Hamtramck Music Fest as well, you know, That's usually. Right. So. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh. Ooh. Let's get back to the music. All right. So this one we just put out. It's called What Would Your Angel Do? But it's WWYAD. <laughs> All Dagger, jagged old 
was a long ending. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. That's definitely a doom kind of song. Yeah, where it ends yeah. like that, you know. And now I can't hear anymore. Yeah, right. I'm so sorry. No. Uh, it, yeah, it's I awful. asked for it. Uh-huh. I it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I remember the show was at Cobo Arena, yeah. where your ears would like, you know, ring for Melt. like three days afterwards. Yes. We should have a show called the Doom and Drone. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so drone would be cool. A drone, mm. yes, I can see that. Well, the next song rhymes with drone. <laughs> it's called Crone. <laughs> Better than the Doom and Drool. Ah. Better than. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah.
How do you get this heavy sound here? Tell us a little bit about this equipment here. Well, I mean, me, I, you know, you can't just have a big muff. You got to have a metal muff because okay. doom. And uh, <laughs> big heavy kick drum. That is uh, a big bass that is drum there. Yeah. 26 yeah. Oh, thank you. That's no, like a yeah. John Bonham. Band. John yeah. Bonham played that. Yeah. Did he? Uh, Ian Pace. Okay. Um, I can name some more. There's a lot of people who use it back in the day. Uh, so there's some of your yeah. heroes? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. loved uh, Bonham and yeah. Pace. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. What is that a picture of? Mm. Uh, she uh, drew it. It's a bunch of creatures and yeah, it's like a collage. It's a collage of uh, nature. Okay. With Mars. Ah, all right. Mars in the so background. It's the heavy circle. psych version, uh, the heavy psych side of uh, Angela Mars. Yeah, well, and she does pet taxi, so I wanted to make sure there was plenty of doggy proof there is life. <laughs> it's proof that there's life on Mars. Yeah. Yes. You can tell us a little bit about that if you want, Angie. Yeah, I own a business called Pet Taxi Plus. Uh -huh. We get your pet to the vet and more is the slogan. Yeah. And that's what we do. We get pets to vet appointments, uh, mm -hmm. to the groomer, airports, anywhere a pet needs to go. Uh, we run into a lot of seniors that don't drive anymore or disabled, and they have pets, and that's all they have. And they have no one to uh, help them get their pets yeah. in for service. <laughs> that is really nice. That and is really pet nice. sitting, yes. So where do we find you? Like on the on internet? Or? Internet, yes. Uh, right. It's under PetTaxiPlus.com. Okay, cool. Really right. cool service. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And uh, you got that base there. What does that say? Airline? Airline? Yeah, it's the Eastwood company. Okay. All right. Brought, Why do you like brought, that? They brought back a bunch of the Moserite, the old fiberglass designs. They do a lot of remaking of, of old designs and stuff okay i know i like it it's, it's a you know the short scale is is essentially better for the the down tuning uh -huh. so uh -huh. it just i had a uh semi-hollow full scale that just would not stop feeding back and it mm -hmm. just it just didn't seem to hold the notes as long as we needed so so yeah i just kind of was on a search for a, a solid body and this kind of mm -hmm. fit the bill so and right. it's cool yeah. looking yeah i like it i love it awesome <laughs> What about you, Andy? I, I've been collecting pedals throughout the years, and this is kind of the best combination of the pedals mm -hmm. that I've collected uh, that works. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, simple like that. I, don't have, yeah. I only have three pedals. It's yeah. <laughs> all it takes when you got something like that, right? Yeah. All right. We got about another 10 minutes or so. We got to right. squeeze in a couple more songs at least. Yeah, we yeah, we got a couple. Well, this next song we wrote Oh, you got to tell him that story. Yeah, this song's about Petey, our mascot. He's a little black squirrel, and um, he actually gets around town. Yeah. Okay. It, like, he, I mean, he knows how to party. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, definitely party animal. Ah, <laughs> literally. A black squirrel, okay. Yeah, he's, he's a major party He animal. finds his way to all the clubs to see the bands play, yeah. so he hops on buses, cabs. Sometimes anywhere, the bands he take him home. Yeah. He hasn't called the pet taxi yet. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, some of the Well, lady. one night when he's had too much, yeah. he's yeah. going to. He's, yeah. he's wrapping Christmas presents tonight. That's why he didn't yeah. come with us. Ah, okay. Yeah. He comes to every show. He does. And sometimes bands like War Horses hang on to him because he got too messed up that night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Kristen's got a drum kit similar to that, yeah. doesn't she? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Kristen yeah, took badass. a Petey home for us yeah. one night because he was getting at the wrong crowd. Yeah. No, she, and then he was got with the right crowd. Yeah. 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 She's the one actually helping me with Corktown. Oh, oh. yeah, of course. She's yeah. great. Love, love, love. Thunder yeah. Queen. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. True that. So this one's called Petey. Try to pull. Oh God! <laughs> all right. Okay. Will that take us all the way to eight, or you want to squeeze in another one? Oh, you I were think. saying something about a Santa or Christmas song. Too. Yeah, one that we kind of made up last night. <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah. Uh, well, with you, you want to do. Well, we could. We should probably. Um, we're gonna do a cover, uh, if that's cool. No 
copyright issues, I don't think, or no. whatever. Uh, actually, we do have John Brandon's OKO to cover this. Um, song by Laughing Hyenas. Uh, called Crawl. And I hope I remember the words, because he's going to beat me up. <laughs>
again angel mars thank you so much for for coming down and playing for us please come again soon thanks for having really us Scott. Yeah, thank thanks. you so much what thank a wonderful you. experience thank you everybody that's here too yeah, everybody. everyone behind the scenes stuff. jerry yeah. doing instant yeah. camera all right you want to do that uh, little santa did oh my god quick? you want to try let's, let's it, do it. Oh. all right this is total improv improv and, uh, you know, because it's tis the season, might as well, right? Try, okay. Oh my God. All right, what do we do? Start up, guys. Tomorrow 